Alright, what's up guys? Welcome to the Lazy Boy QBs podcast. Uh, we are on episode 9, the Matthew Stafford slash Drew Brees slash whatever other number 9 slash Rajon Rondo episode of the podcast. Um, as always, I'm your host Chad, or co-host Chad Larson, joined by my friend Jonathan Ryder. John, I'm not even going to ask you how you're doing today. We're just going to get straight into the big news. Um, breaking today... The Miami Dolphins, who you are a diehard fan of, have named Tua Tungavailoa, the fifth pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, their starter moving forward. Now, to give some context, the Dolphins are on a bye this week, uh, so I feel like that was the kind of the reason why they named it at this point. But Jonathan, as the as the as our resident Dolphins fan, and and really, you know, I think you have some inside information that you're holding out on us with, but. How do you feel? Just give me your reaction. All right, all right, all right. What's going on, Chad? It's it's great I being love the here. Music. I hey, love the music. Three zero five seven eight six nine five four five six one. Stand up, South Florida. We got a new quarterback, man. Uh we have our our first potential franchise quarterback uh, since I, I guess Ryan Tannehill, right? He was supposed to be the last guy. Ooh. Didn't quite work out, but if you look at some of the statistics after he's gone, after he left Miami, Adam Gacy's. He looks really good, but yeah. you know, um, kind of unexpected to to the person that really don't watch the Dolphins, and right. uh, some some Dolphins fans were, were were a little bit you know caught off guard, right? Because Miami's three and three, um, right. Ryan Tannehill, and I'm sorry, uh, Brian Fitzpatrick was okay, right? He he had a couple of Fitz magic games, but also a yeah. couple of Fitz tragic games. We're three and three. <laughs> Uh, he, was second, up to, he was living up to both nicknames, right? Which right. is what you love. Um, four. Uh, we're, we're one game behind. Um, in the AFC East, uh, sitting at three and three behind the four and two Buffalo Bills, who, who took the loss last night against the Kansas City Chiefs. Yep. Uh, th- this is what I'll say, Chad. Even though Hard the Dolphins do. won uh, on Sunday, twenty-four zero. Yeah, yeah, they did. Shut out. You know, against a divisional opponent, I don't care for a home or not. Shout, divisional, shout out Adam Gase. Sh- sh- shout out Adam Gase, who maintained his job. I don't yeah. know how. Uh, <laughs> but R- Ryan Fitzpatrick did play really bad. Yeah. Um. He he continues to throw bad interceptions. Um. Yeah. Yeah, Go ahead. and that's been the knock on him. I was just going to say, and that's been the knock on him pretty much his entire career. Like you said, he's got the Fitz magic, um, but then he also has the Fitz tragic nickname as well. So, Right. Yeah. He, he, he played, if not average, right below average, but the Jets are just so bad that Miami took that game. It looks like Miami dominated because, you know, they ran the ball, and right. the game was 21 to nothing. At the half, even though it could have been 28, but Fitz, of course, tries to be too aggressive in the red zone when you don't really have a need to and throws a bad pick. 
I think that was like Fitz's like third pick in the red zone this year. And then in the second quarter, I'm sorry, the second half, Miami scored three points. And I get it. They let the foot off the gas because they're kind of challenging to see if the Jets were going to do anything. The Jets weren't doing anything. And, and Fitz also threw another pick. It, kind of underthrew Preston Williams. It was, you know, they were in a play action, deep ball. He kind of underthrew Preston Williams. And I, even though Preston could have done more to prevent their interception, it was like a it was a butt interception. It's, it's kind of weird if you, if you got to watch the play against Marcus May. Um, it, but you you look at it and you wonder, it's like, can, can Tua make that throw? And, and we've seen Tua make that throw to a guys like Henry Ruggs and, and Jalen Waddle. Uh, so... A little bit surprising, but not entirely shocking. Um, we, I think Miami feels that even though a lot of people believe that this is a rebuild, and it is a rebuild, right? Miami is further along than a lot of what other people think, okay? Um, yeah, and if we, I could just... Go ahead. I was just going to say, if I could just jump in, because, you know, there are a lot of times people say, you know, like if it's you talking about the Dolphins, me talking about Dallas, people might just think we're blowing smoke up up their ass because they're our favorite team, right? And I got into a bunch of, not a bunch, but one argument specifically, shout out KT, hope you're listening, um, about, you know, about the whole Tua change, right? And they're talking about, you know, the Dolphins, he's going to get killed, blah, blah, blah. But no, I completely agree with what you're saying. The Dolphins rebuild is much farther along than I think any of us would have you know, projected at this point, right? Yeah, uh, it, it's it's because one of the biggest concerns coming into the season was the offensive line, right? We are bringing yeah. in four new starters in the offensive line. We got two rookies that started week one, and then one of these rookies has gone down uh, at left tackle, Austin Jackson from USC. And then they brought in Robert Hunt, right? So they kicked the right tackle, Jesse Davis, to left tackle and put in the rookie second-round pick from Louisiana, Robert Hunt. And next thing you know, this dude is mauling dudes. So here we are in the 2020 draft. We've got to, it's, it's going to sound crazy, but Miami has found three, three off starting offensive linemen in the 2020 draft, which is ridiculous, right? Yeah, so the that's... offensive line is good. Now you just need a guy that makes the throws and Miami feels like they're closer in the playoffs. And they thought, look, Miami was one of the finalists to get Le'Veon Bell. Why would a team that's on a rebuild go out there and try to grab a guy like Le'Veon Bell? Because Miami thinks they can win and they can be competitive and push for a playoff spot this year, 2020. Yeah, and I think the thing that people are, are getting confused is just because they're making the move to Tua, you know, like you, like you kind of hinted at, it does not mean that this season is over and they're going into the toilet with this year, right? They are still going to continue. First off, you know, we've talked about the job Brian Flores has done so far. Outstanding. Um, he's taken over. Yeah, I mean, probably on the short list of, you know, guys who you would want to, to take over your franchise if you're just trying to, you know, recreate a culture and, and bring in a new culture the way he has um, with Miami. The thing the thing that I, I, I've been impressed with is the fact that he has turned them into competitors uh, literally from the very second that he started coaching there, right? So he has taken that team, you know, for like three years in a row, I swear, at least two. People were saying, you know, the Dolphins are going to have the worst record in the league. They're going to be terrible. 
blah, blah, blah. And then they come out and they win six or seven games, right? Even even last year when uh, you guys picked fifth overall, um, you know, people were talking. There was 0-16 talk around the league. And, and it, that was not the case. You weren't even – I mean, you were barely one of the five worst teams in the league. So, you know, this – by no means does it mean that the Dolphins are giving up or punting on this season. Look, let me give you some statistics real quick, all right? You know you know, I love numbers. Either third or fourth best scoring defense in the league so far this year. Mm. 15th in scoring. Are you kidding me? Xavier Howard, four picks? Yeah. I, I, look, I, I don't know what to tell you. It, it, you know why? And... and I'm not gonna bring this whole Miami bias into the show. A, a lot of people just leave on the Dolphins because it's <laughs> it's not it's not a it's not a sexy team, right? It's it's not the Giants or the Eagles or the Cowboys who even though are not very good, but people want to talk about it. Miami's just Miami. It's down there. It really doesn't matter. But I'm telling you, watch out for this team. It it has a good locker room. Uh outstanding coach who gets along with his gm and guess what miami still has four picks in the top 50 next year because we own that houston texas first and second round picks watch out for this team that's gonna be looks like that's gonna be a pretty good pick so all i'm gonna say is this and we had to come up twitter back and forth with with some people hopefully they're listening to the show um on twitter the next six games are against the Rams, the mm-hmm. Cardinals, the Jets, again, the Bengals, uh, Den- Denver, and then the Chargers. Denver and the Chargers. Yeah. So are you telling me Miami can't go on a stretch of, of three and three, maybe four and two? And yeah. like I said, my like you said, Chad, Miami's not booting the season. The fact oh. is. There are some throws that Ryan Fitz, he just can't make. It's not him. He doesn't have the physical tools to make some of these throws. And what Miami has noticed is that Tua can make those throws. Yeah, and um, yeah, exactly like you said. Uh, the one thing I will add is, you know, we've seen we've seen the the, the rookie quarterbacks. You know, I kind of think of them as the big three, right, between Burrow, um, Herbert, and uh, – and Tua this year, we've seen Herbert and uh, Joe Burrow both play, I would say, fairly well, you know, considering, you know, ex- reasonable expectations for a rookie quarterback, the questions that both of those te- guys had coming in the league, um, the concerns that their teams have, you know, especially Cincinnati with that offensive line and, and things like that. I feel like both of those guys have played very well, right? But it hasn't translated into much winning. So that's the thing that I'll be fascinated to see with Tua. Like, I understand – He's probably going to play. I mean, let's be honest. He's probably going to, he's probably going to, you know, he's definitely going to take his hits, take his lumps. But if he's playing well, is that going to translate into winning for Miami? And I think that has a good chance of doing so. Like you said, they have a much improved defense. Um, The running game, while it's not necessarily, you know, the best in the league, it's definitely a lot more stable than it's been in years past. You know, Ryan Fitzpatrick definitely isn't going to be leading the team in rushing this year. So, um, and you know, we, we talk about their nice young receiving group, right? Preston Williams, Devonte Parker, um, Mike Gusecki at tight end, shout out to him on my fantasy team. Uh, even miles Gaskins out of the backfield, um, has 27 catches this year. So they have, 
they have more legitimate weapons right now than I feel like they've had in the past handful of years. And, and this is what I'll say, Chad. Tua is not going in because Miami is punting on the season. It's because yeah. Miami feels that he can do better than Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Yeah, and um, yeah, and and we'll be fascinated to see. Like you said, you reeled off that six game stretch. I feel like that could be more than reasonable to go three and three, four and two, something like that. So we got we yeah. got at least one win against the Jets, right? That <laughs> we got at least what? one win against the Jets. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. If nothing else, you can look forward to uh, you can definitely look forward to that Week Twelve matchup at at the Jets. Um. <laughs> With that being said, though, that's actually going to transition us into our, you know, the segment that we've kind of been, that we kind of teased a little bit last week, I think. Um, NFL rankings, right? We're going to go ahead. We've played five or six games, depending on the team, depending on if you've had the buy yet or not. For the most part, we know how most of these teams are. We know what type of team they are. We're going to go ahead and rank them one to 32, right? And uh, this is going to be a... a, a little series that we do both on this episode and then on our episode later um, this week as well. With that being said, John, Jonathan, let's get right into it with the rankings, right? Yeah, let's do it, man. And I think it's going to be more from 32 to one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're going to start, we're going to start with the, uh, with the vegetables and all that stuff. And then we're going to get to the, uh, we're going to get to the, um, the cheesecake at the end. That's how I eat my meals. I always try to get rid of the veggies <laughs> first and save like the meat for later. Exactly. Exactly. Um, So we're doing this based off of um, we kind of agreed that it would be more fun if we did it based off my rankings. And then you just threw all your questions at it. Um, So I broke it down into five tiers and we're going to start at tier five. And this tier, I kind of made a somewhat, you know, name for each of them. This tier is called countdown till the draft. Right. So these are the teams that are already looking forward to um the draft in April and we have the Jets at 32, Giants at 31, Jaguars at 30 and then Washington at 29. Uh Jonathan, why don't you go ahead and talk about the tier as a whole and then we can kind of get into the individual teams uh if you want to. Uh the Jets are a lock, right? At 32. <laughs> I don't I don't see yeah. them climbing out of that uh for the rest of it the would, year. They they're not going it would anywhere. Take a, it would take a major turnaround, I would say. Yeah. Okay. Um, next, uh, let, we're not even. All right. All right. So yeah, we don't even need to. We've already shit on them enough. We don't need to. We don't need to waste time on the Jets. Yeah. So you know, the only difference you know from my rankings from yours is that I I do feel just because of the head to head matchup, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the Giants and the Red and, and the Washington Football Team, you know, I just have them. Uh, the Giants above the Washington football team just because of that one game, to be honest. Right. And I'm not saying yeah. that the, the the Giants should have won that game. Uh, maybe they shouldn't <laughs> yeah. have. It, it would have been more proper to end that game in a tie. Yeah, tie. 100%. Uh, yeah, 100%. I, but <laughs> I get it. It happens. Um, I, I would just say, in my opinion, Chad, I think Jacksonville is a little bit better than these teams. Uh, yeah. I, I just feel like the Giants, the Jets, and the Washington football team are just complete disasters. Uh, with with the New York Jets being like 
like a global <laughs> catastrophe, like a meteor hitting the Earth and destroying the whole planet. But so, you know, <laughs> so actually, without even without even doing it on purpose, these are actually the the four worst teams as far as point differential, right? Okay. So we have the Giants at minus fifty one. We have the they, we have Washington at minus fifty four. Jacksonville is minus fifty six. And please take your best guess at what you would think the New York Jets are this season. Minus one oh six. Very close. Minus one ten. Woo! <laughs> so, so, so they're losing by almost nineteen a game. Wow. Which is ridiculous. Um, and and they played a third stringer from the Denver Broncos. Yeah, yeah, Olympians. exactly, <laughs> exactly. Gosh, yeah, that yeah, it is not it is not going well in New York at all, right? Like you said, Jets or Giants, really. Um, you know, I, I'll be honest on Jacksonville. I actually kind of agree with you, right? Like, I don't feel like they're you know when I look at those other three teams, I'm like, man, there's really no way in hell that I could ever see or that I could see any of them winning a game outside of, you know, against each other for the most part, right? Or yeah. if they're going against a third stringer, although in the Jets' case, that's not a guaranteed win either. Um, but I, but I, with, I'll, I'll tell you what, Jacksonville is the worst team in the next tier for me. Okay. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like it, It's basically splitting hairs between, did I want them to have some pride and be a respectful member of Tier 5? Or did I want them to be like the, uh, you know, stick out like a sore thumb in tier four, right? They would basically yeah. be the punch. They'd be the punching bag of tier four. Yeah, um, and, and, and to be honest with you, the only real punching bag like it, that's too easy here is the Jets. Yeah, exactly. The rest of those teams, I mean, heck, we saw Washington in week one. Um, mm-hmm. We saw Jacksonville in week one. Although we kind of we've kind of you know talked about, we feel like week one was 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 a lie to us, right? Um, yeah, which, which I think you could probably pretty much say about every single year. Um, yeah, I mean, for those yeah. two teams specifically this year, it, it was a complete lie because here we are, Jacksonville, you know, beating the Indianapolis Colts, and we're like, what the hell? And then you know, yeah. Washington coming back from a seventeen point deficit, you know, with that that monster you know defensive line that's kind of banged up right now, um, turning the heat up on Carson Wentz, eight sacks, and then they, they beat, they won the game, so. No, I, I get Although, it. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe that Washington one might uh, give it a couple more weeks. That one might might look a little bit more realistic than uh, than we're giving it credit for at this point. I, I got a question. Why don't you think that they're starting Alex Smith at this point? Um, well, honestly, their skill position guys are so bad. Um, and their offensive line, their offensive line is bad. It's not absolutely horrendous. Um, but it's pretty bad. To the point where I actually think that they're like genuinely afraid of getting him hurt. Mm. It is to me is is the biggest thing, because Kyle Allen is that guy in the middle. Like you have the you have the youth which you could play where which you could play and, and try and build right with Haskins, and then right. you have the feel good and then you have the feel good story with Alex Smith. Mm-hmm. Kyle Allen is just the the nothing in the middle, right? He's the one that who who keeps Washington what Washington is, right? A team. That somehow is in the headlines, but not a team that anyone really wants to talk about. Yeah, 
No, I totally agree with you. Um, No, I I do have a question, Chad, because here we have four teams, right? Four teams that, you know, they can just kind of pack it in and go home. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there are three coaching changes within those four teams. Yeah. You think you're saying Ron Rivera is the safe one? Yeah, Ron Ron Rivera is the safe one. I I don't see Doug Marone coming back for an eighth season. But what's interesting here, uh, Chad, like, who out of those four teams, do you see all four of them looking for their next franchise quarterback in the next draft? Yeah, and that, and that's the biggest question, right, is I think the teams – I think Jacksonville, obviously, to me, is number one as far as, you know, most um, most likely to have a quarterback change. Okay. Um, you know, we've talked about the mustache, but at the end of the day, he's just not, you know, necessarily that much of a serviceable uh, – you know, he's not he, – you talked about it. Don't let a good player prevent you from getting a great player. Yep. Right. And that's and that's what they would be doing if they tried to pass on, you know, a Trevor Lawrence, a Justin Fields, you know, to stay with, you know, just to give Gardner Minshew another year. Right. Yeah. Washington. Washington's so confusing. I actually. I actually don't know what they would do, but I, it wouldn't shock me if they made a quarterback change. The two New York teams, I think, are the ones that are most likely to give their guys another year. Um I would be pretty sh- surprised if Daniel Jones didn't get another year in New York um, with the Giants. And then Sam Darnold, I don't know. I mean, I think if they fire, right, I, I guess I guess the, to answer your question, it really all depends on what happens with these coaches, right, and what mm-hmm. the coaching philosophy is. If you, you know, if you bring in a new head coach the way we think both the New York teams are, you know, honestly, we've talked about it. To preserve your job, the smart the smart thing to do would be to give the, the incumbent guy another year, right? You know, and then to say, hey, well, he's not my guy. I was just trying to make it work with him. You know, and that kind of can extend your can extend your, your life at least one more year. Um, so it just depends on if they're looking to do a complete overhaul. Because then once you do take a quarterback, as you've seen with some of these coaches, you're married to that quarterback's success for the most part. I I won't lie to you. I wouldn't mind having my success be. I'm totally okay what with was that. It? You said have it uh, tailored to who? Uh, to to Trevor Lawrence. If 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 that's the guy yeah. that I'm married to as a first yeah. year coach, you know what? I, I'll take it. Right. Uh, to and be honest, I'll I'll take it. it it's it's yeah. It, like, it, it's like, just like it, it it all depends on how this shakes out, right? You know, Jalen Rose. Um, one of my favorite ESPN guys says, you're only as faithful as your options, right? So, you know, if one of these teams gets the number four pick, you know, it's going to take a haul to move up to get into that number one spot. Because like you said, all four of these teams can be in play for a quarterback. Yeah. It's not like like if Cincinnati got the number one pick um, and, you know, we clearly would know that they're not in play for a quarterback or something like that. All four of these teams we could see make changes. So to go from four to one, you know, if if that's something that is going to end up happening, I'm just throwing out scenarios. But let's say, let's say Jacksonville sure. ends up with the fourth pick, right? And they are like, you know what? I am dead set mm-hmm. on Trevor Lawrence. Whatever I have to do to give up, or whatever I have to give up to get him. And you know, we've seen team team. You're going to have to pay a, ran, a king's ransom to get that pick. 
Yeah, for a number one for a number one selection, uh, it's usually a, a king's ransom, especially if the team with that number one pick knows that you're going for a quarterback. And Trevor yeah. Lawrence being the highest rated, you know, prospect coming out at the quarterback position since Andrew Luck kind of says a lot about him. Um, yeah, so I, I exactly. think it's highly interesting because, you know, we, we talk about these four teams needing quarterbacks. Well, if we move up to the next tier, uh, some of these teams will also be looking for their next franchise quarterback. Yeah, and that's a good way to, to, to move move us up the move us up the ladder. Tier four, we have uh, and, and this is going from from worst to best, I guess. Twenty eight Minnesota, twenty seven Cincinnati, um, twenty six Houston Texans. 25 we have the LA Chargers um Atlanta Falcons at 24 Dallas Cowboys shout out my team unfortunately uh at 23 Detroit Lions at 22 and then Denver Broncos at 21 if you look up and down at those what's that eight teams you could easily see you know I think definitely Minnesota is is buying for a QB change um could easily see it in Atlanta as well are those only ones out of that group that you're really seeing it from, or are there a couple more that we're not thinking about? Off the bat, you know, yeah, Atlanta and Minnesota are the ones that jump out. Um, mm-hmm. Dallas has to figure out what they're going to do with Dak Prescott, sure. too. Um, yes, they do. And yes, to be do. honest, you know, I, I feel like Dallas might try to lowball, which I think it's good for Dak because there will be another team willing to pay him that money. Um, and, and I think he's worth it. I'm not saying that he's worth Patrick Mahomes' money, but you know what? He's worth a good chunk of money. And, and, and I think the Dallas, the way Jerry Jones has been operating so far, it, it can kind of bite him in the ass where Dallas, you know, it's getting too comfy and, and they might not find, you know, the next guy up. Um, but, yeah, and, and I think the Denver Broncos, uh, it, they could have been that team. Uh, the problem with Drew Locke is he's been banged up, right? It, it, it's kind of yeah. hard to figure out. Um, but had I, a I nice, wanna... had a nice win against the Patriots last week. Man, they kicked six field goals. Stop. Hey, he, man. Let, what, let, what, let, let, let me tell you, he almost threw the game away in the fourth quarter with two, tw- with, with two, uh, <laughs> two, two score lead. The dude throws two interceptions and like literally is like giving Cam a chance to win the football game. That That's defense showed up. Um, yeah. I, I, that, is, I, that is very fair. I was like, "Come on, man! I know you you you've been away for a little bit. You've been banged up, but and and he doesn't have Cortland Sullen, but he got Philip Lindsay back. That offensive line is not good for the Broncos. But but here we are, and I'm talking so much smack about them, but they're here sitting at two and three. Yes, with a win, a team win, I would say against the New England Patriots at New England. So yeah. that's why. I'm I'm definitely okay with you putting the Broncos, you know, as one of the top teams in the in the fourth tier. But I want to talk about the Detroit Lions, Chad. Yeah, go. For what it. the Please hell, talk. man? This is like we. I know we talked some smack about Matt Patricia uh, yeah. in the off season. This team, they're not really that good. How I know they're sitting at two and three, but that was a nice little win against the Cardinals. Um, I know they can keep up with the Green Bay Packers, but you know what? I think they can beat up on a team like the Vikings. I think they can match up to the, the Bears. Their defensive is, is not impressive, but they got some names. They got Jamie Collins, Danny yep. Shelton, uh, Trufant, Okuda, and on the offensive side, man, 
you know, Stafford. St- Matt Stafford is still a hell of a quarterback. T.J. Hawkinson, Kenny Galladay, De- DeAndre Swift, DeAndre last Swift, week. A- Adrian Peterson also put up some stuff. Like, he scored a touchdown from my fantasy team. Yeah, you're welcome. Sh- shout out to you for the pit for the call. Um, but do- don't sleep on this Detroit team, and I know that there's a uh. A, a mandate, right? That was rumored that came out last yeah. year that that Need Matt Patricia needs to make with a seventeen playoff and a kind of a I won't say weak, and we'll talk about the Bears at a later show. But you yeah. can't beat up on the Vikings. Um, it, it, it kind of sucks that they have to play the NFC West, I believe, this year. But right. I, I, I'm not completely counting the Detroit Lions out. Well, yeah, if, if you look at their schedule. You know, they still have, I mean, I'm just looking at it right now. They've still got Atlanta, Minnesota, um, Washington, uh, Carolina, Houston, and, and Minnesota again. So Minnesota twice. So that's six games right there where I feel like are pretty winnable, right? And so then at that point, all it takes is, you know, all it takes is Nick Foles to look sleepy one day, um, you know, when you play Chicago and then before you know it, you're looking at possibly nine wins or, you know, you're looking at maybe Phillip rivers, giving you a couple turnovers. And then before you know it, you're a team that's nine and seven and could be looking, you know, to get that seventh playoff spot. And they um, should have won. They should have won that game against the bears week one, just letting everybody yeah, know. Yeah, Not only definitely. did that, 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 that was an impressive throw, uh, by, uh, Mitch Trubisky, the, but then the, DeAndre the Swift. Swift. Yeah. yeah. I was like, man, like that, that it'll, ball was right in your chest. Yeah, it'll be fascinating to see how much that game uh, means for them, you know, at the end of the season. Because not only is that a, uh, is that a, um, you know, for for the standings, but that's also a division game. You know, Chicago could be vying for a playoff spot just as much as as Detroit is. So, you know, it'll be fascinating to see how that dropped by DeAndre Swift in his first game. And you know, give him credit, right? He came back. He's bounced back. Mm-hmm. Um, like we yes, said, he had has. that huge. Had that huge game against Jacksonville, 116 yards, um, which, you know, I think in the past, I, I always see crazy stats about Detroit hasn't had a 100-yard rusher since, you know, X or since, you know, since in, in 100 years. Or no, I think, like I think, I think carry on, I think carry yeah. on Johnson broke that last year. Well, yeah, but I'm saying he definitely did break oh, it. Oh, before that, I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. And he was the first one in like, like 20 years? <laughs> nah, I think I Reggie, say that did far. Reggie Bush, did Reggie Bush have a hundred yard game with the Detroit Lions? Yeah. And I mean, if it is him, you know, that just, that says everything that needs to be said because he has like played seven the years. NFL. I was going to yeah. say he hasn't played in the NFL in a little while. So, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I'm definitely there with you on Detroit. Um, looking back at it, maybe that is the, uh, maybe that is one move that I'm thinking, you know, flip-flopping them in Denver. But like you said, that Denver defense against New England, I I felt like was really impressive. They still have a lot of the – or they still have some guys that can, you know, that can make you stay up a little bit at night. Um, And and I think Denver could be – you know, I I don't know what their schedule looks like. I'm going to try and pull it up now. But I feel like maybe they could be the AFC version, right, of this – of the Detroit that you're talking about. My – my thing with the and sorry to cut you off. It's no, no, you gotta good. you still you still gotta play Kansas City. I Kansas. think twice. Sure. Uh, yep. The Raiders are a tough draw. Uh, the Chargers are a tough draw this year. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at their schedule. I, I never mind. There's there's yeah, no chance in hell. They're, they're, I think they still played the Bills. They already played yeah, the Jets. So they're actually, <laughs> they're actually more likely probably to to end up on the other side of that. You know, to end up closer to getting into that fifth tier than maybe they are the third, just based off their schedule. Yeah. And, and, and like to be honest with you, the the biggest difference in this tier uh, from my tier from yours is, is like I had the Detroit Lions in the third tier instead of the fourth. But I, okay. I will. Do do you think you have the Minnesota Vikings at twenty eight sitting a little bit too low? Do you really feel like they cannot beat a team like the Cincinnati Bengals or the Texans? Aren't they really that bad? You know, I'll be honest. They beat the Texans this year. They beat the yeah. Texans. By yeah, the way. they did. That was their that was their one win. That was their one win was against the Texans. But just to me, I feel like Houston for sure because because they have Deshaun Watson, and you know, I know they have a whole laundry list of issues outside of him, right? But I feel like him alone is the reason why I would have to put. Minnesota over them, or why I would okay. have to put Houston over Minnesota, because you know th- this ranking is both a combination of what we've seen so far and also what we feel you know could happen moving forward. Sure. Right. And I feel like Minnesota is not going to be a team that is going to is going to continue to rise for for the reasons we talked about, or and Houston is a team that's going to have to for the reasons we talked about as far as Houston doesn't have their pick this year. Right, so they have no reason at all. They have no incentive at all to be bad. First two rounds. They have, yeah, they have every incentive to try and win it, which honestly is part of what makes this season even more tragic for them. Um, but, yeah, they have every incentive to go win every single game they can. They will not be blessed with any, you know, I guess if you get the first pick in the third round, then, you know, maybe some people will be happy about that. But, you know, losing those first two picks, definitely, definitely no reason to lose games for them. Yeah, and, and Minnesota, and you know how I feel about Minnesota. I'm kind of high on them, and then if they picked them to you know, beat the Falcons this weekend, uh, and I was very wrong. Uh, yeah, you were. Shout out shout Brett Streety again. Uh, he was he super was, happy. He, like, he I was, was like, say, ecstatic. He, was te- he, he texted me after the first Julio Jones touchdown, which I swear to God happened three seconds into the game, uh, and, and was saying tanking for Trevor. So he's, he's well on board. He is yeah. well on board. Uh, no doubt. But no, overall in this fourth tier, you know, you, you got it. You got a spot on, man. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? I'm going to just do, I'm going to just do one minute on Dallas. Go ahead, and, boss. And, and I'm saying one minute, but I know it's going to turn into five. So hey. cut, please cut, cut me off when, when you feel like I'm rambling too much. Hey, I'm all yours. So. And, you know, the name of this tier, I forgot to say my, my beautiful name for this tier. Tier 4 is the we can keep up for a half tier, right? Because we've seen all these teams, Atlanta, obviously, who's in this tier is the king of it. Um, and I think the Chargers, too, to a lesser extent, because um, they've had some pretty bad, you know, uh, blown leads as well, or games that look like they were in, in the hand and, and, and couldn't pull them out. But Dallas... Um, I guess they can keep up with you for a half. However, it's usually the second half when we're already down by two to three scores anyway, right? And and, and this is a team that I could easily see moving 
we talked about projecting forward. This is a team I could easily see continuing to move down um, because of the Andy Dalton, um, the, the Andy Dalton conundrum. I guess would be the the nicest way to put it. Um, and then the, just the turnovers, right? Zeke Elliott last night on Monday Night Football against Arizona when we completely got washed, thirty-eight ten. Um, you know, he fumbles twice, loses both of them, and then and then turns into two Arizona touchdowns. Right, so we don't have the type of defense that if we're turning it over, you know, it's not like our defense is going to bail us out. Because um, I, I forget which team or who I said this to, but I said the Cowboys' defense will be perfect for prom because they can escort anyone down the field like nobody's <laughs> business. <laughs> like, I mean, I just, it just, and it's going to be a long year, Dallas fans. The only thing I'm going to say to us is, is let's just hope that we can get a top 10 pick, get all our guys healthy for next season, um, and, you know, I don't know, try and, try and figure out the offensive line. If that, I think just found out today that um, our new left tackle who took over for Tyron Smith, um, Billy Knight, is also going to be out for a couple of weeks now. So I don't know. I, I'm staying close to the phone. They might call me if they have one more guy go down. I might be able to get a call up to at least the practice squad. Nice, nice. Chad, so. I know, you know, you try to keep this show not about our teams, but I, can I ask you some questions about the Dallas Cowboys and how you Absolutely. feel some takes? Um, so my, my first question, it's kind of like the first two. Are, it, it's going to be the whole Zeke thing, right? So Zeke got paid, and I always felt that Zeke got paid, even though he played behind a great offensive line. All of a sudden, this offensive line is not as good. You know, yeah. he fumbles twice. So the thing is, number one, was he worth that money? In your opinion, and we, you know, and number two, um, like is Zeke out of it? Like is he's like, you know what? We're not yeah. gonna win. I, I'm, 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 I don't give a damn anymore. You know, that's the thing is he reminds me a lot of, and this is gonna sound kind of weird of Le- of LeBron James, in the sense that, in the sense that LeBron is a guy who. You know, if you just look down at the stat sheet, you look at the numbers, you wouldn't necessarily be able to tell if he's in or out of it because no matter what, he's going to get you, you know, the 29, the 10, the 8 assists, things like that. Like, same thing with Zeke. He's going to get you the yards. He's going to he's gonna score, you know, a lot of t- a decent amount of touchdowns. He's going to play in the receiving game. For me, uh, it all boils down to him trying to preserve himself or him looking at it and saying, you know, why am I trying in front of this line, right? Why am I mm-hmm. trying with this team that, you know, is two and four? And while we may currently sit atop the NFC East, I feel like it's going to change very soon. Um, yeah, I, I just don't see Zeke being motivated to have a, a good year this year and being motivated. And I don't see Dallas being motivated to run him into the ground the way they have in years past, um, you know, wasting unnecessary carries on his body. Because, um, you know, like we, we've seen it, running backs are like cars, right? They have a limited mileage on them they have a very short warranty um and you want to get as most out of them as you can as much as much value out of them as you can you know you're not just going to take it on that casual sunday drive you're going to wait for when you're actually going somewhere uh, and right now dallas is going nowhere yeah and, and the biggest difference between a car and a running back is that you know for running the, the next car that means more car payments it's more expensive <laughs> for running backs it actually gets cheaper for you draft the next guy up so yeah <laughs> and and, and the other yeah, so talking about Dallas though, man, um I forgot. What was the what was the other question that you had said again? 
So, or the other you question know, you wanted to ask? The one more question I have to ask is, you know, you guys have re- three really good assets of the receiver position, um, including yes. Amari Cooper, which I think is a little bit overpaid. Uh, yeah, agreed. And, and Michael Gallup's, you know, contract is going to come up pretty soon, and you have C.D. Lamb. Uh, are, would you be willing to move one of those guys to, to grab some defensive help and at least try to make a run? Like, you're still in first place. Yeah, we are, but, at, you know, as I said to some, I saw, and, you know, this is no shot if you're listening to this. Uh, I wish you the best, but I saw some fucking idiot on Twitter today and I'm sorry, kids, pardon my language, um, saying that Dallas needs to trade for Jameis Winston. And I know what? that has nothing to do with the question that you asked, but to me, like, there is no... If you're sacrificing current... If you're sacrificing future value or future assets to just improve the team this year, it's like, okay, so what? We could still... Yeah, we could still easily... Or not easily, but we could still pretty realistically win the NFC East, right? Maybe 7-9... and nine eight and eight if we if we get hot my thing though is you know what are you rushing towards you're rushing towards eight and eight so then you can go get your head beat in by you know tampa bay or green bay basically to me is what you're rushing towards or uh actually i lied because if you get that four seed then um then you'll be hosting a game technically but regardless we'll be uh we'll be rushing you know to to get in a playoff game that we're going to get our heads beat in by a whole bunch. Right. So I I don't, I don't, if it was a good offer for a player that could both help us now and could be a very good player for us in the future, then I would have to consider it. But if it's just for a guy that can help us right now, then I would say no. Yeah. And and my thought was more along, you know, helping the defensive side of the football, right? Definitely. You guys are giving If it's a defensive trade, then I, uh-huh. or if it's a trade for a defensive guy or, you know, and, and it's rare that they trade for offensive linemen because they're so valuable. Sure. Um, but if, if it would be either one of those, then I would be like, okay, then I would, you know, I could probably be talked into it. But, um, but yeah, it'll just all depend. Yeah, because I'll, I'll be honest. There's, there's one team in particular that's going to be super over the cap next year, and, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles, and, and they yeah. put a lot of money into that defensive line. The only thing is I just don't see them trading um, within the division. However, if they can get back a receiver, which they need, right? Like, yeah. you can, you know, maybe it can kind of just benefit both sides. You know, maybe a, a Graham for, you know, a Gallup. You know, I know the salaries are are completely yeah. like sw- it's, it's a huge salary difference but yeah exactly because Gallup's still on that rookie on that rookie deal, deal. but it yeah. could it could borderline help both teams out maybe even a, a straight up gram for for Cooper and maybe try to work you know with, with a draft pick or something right in compensation where where both teams would feel happy I understand divisional rivals you guys are yeah. both going for that in, in, in NFC East title uh I had to do a little bit more of a, a deep dive but no, I understand. Yeah. And yeah, I feel like I feel like tough. trading in the in the division. I just uh, I I couldn't see it. If it were, you know, what's funny is um, the the funny thing is is that I actually feel like the Eagles are the team we would least likely trade with in the division. I know Redskins are our diehard bitter rival from you know since we were all wearing diapers and stuff, but I just feel like because the Eagles, we really look at them as the only team you know, looking past this season that's going to compete with us in the near future. 
right? So I feel like it would be very difficult for us to talk. You know, you talked about a trade that would help both teams. I don't think that's what Dallas – like Dallas would not do that for a division team, right? They would only want to do it if it's a move that's helping them and hurting the other team, if possible, which is exactly why I don't think they would trade with Philadelphia, even if it was a deal like the one that you said, even though I wouldn't mind that. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, enough, enough with the Dallas, man. Let's get to some real football, right? Let's let's talk about the last tier that we're going to talk about today, and that is Tier 3. Um, and that tier is titled, We Could, capitalize Could, Still Sneak In, right? So these are some teams lingering, um, you know, or either right on the edge or lingering, or in Philadelphia's case, probably a team that will win the division by default. But uh, we have Philadelphia at 20. I'm sorry, not we. I have Philadelphia at 20, Miami at 19, Carolina at 18, the lost Raiders at 17, New England at 16, and then the Arizona Cardinals at the top of that tier at number 15. Jonathan, quick reactions. Go ahead and hit them. Which one's the one that leaves you scratching your head the most? Deep, deep sigh. Deep sigh. I feel like Miami's a little bit disrespected, but ah, I'm not going to go there. I wanted to hear it. I love it. I love it. Okay, That's so the funny. team the team I think you're a little bit low on, in my opinion, is the New England Patriots, okay? Um, okay. And it sounds weird, but... Because I have them at 14, and you really have them at 16. So yeah. I guess I don't... I don't see that much of a difference. Um, right. This is a is a well very well coached football team. Uh, Absolutely. I I feel like whatever happened against the Denver Broncos, uh, I think it's part of the impact of, of what happened um, with the COVID. No facilities yeah. closing, facilities opening. Uh, they lost a they they lost off a few offensive linemen. Uh, but you know, at, at home, I get it. They should have won that game. Yeah, to to me, that that game mm-hmm. really didn't play too much of a factor. Mm-hmm. To be honest, for for literally all the names, okay. for all the reasons that you just named, to me, to me, it has more to do with the just the. I know this is gonna sound weird. Sure, but but the Miami win in Week One for some reason I just couldn't can't get that out of my head. I just don't feel like they played, and that's kind of been a microcosm for them all year, right? They look good, they play fine, but at the end of the day, it's still leaving you, you know, wanting more from them, right? And and I don't know if that's the Cam Newton versus Brady effect or the, you know, the fact that we've just been spoiled by the all the Super Bowls and all the division championships, um, you know, that they've won and and all that stuff over the past, you know, two decades. But to me, it's just like. All over the field, I'm just I'm just left wanting more from them. That's all it is. And I think a, a big part of what you said is correct, right? Like we're so used to them just dominating this division, yeah. like yeah. like it's nothing. And I did expect them to beat the Denver Broncos this weekend, but you know, I, I still see two games against the Jets on the schedule. Um, yeah. You know, next week, I'm sorry, this upcoming week, it's home against the 49ers, another 2-3 team. 
I'm just not ready to give up on Belichick. And maybe it's part of my own personal bias because I've always was in a school of it was more Belichick than Brady. So, you know, it's... It's and tough, right? That's, like, that's this is a, a top five team is, every year. Like, what that's happened? The that's the thing. is, So many people are going to be the guy, you know, you could hear it even when Brady first left. They wanted to be the guy rushing, you know, to be the first one to say. But, yeah, they want to – everyone wants to be the first one to say, you know, everyone wants to rush in line saying, you know, oh, the Patriots are done, the Patriots are done. By no means do I think they're done, you know, and, and I'm not trying to be the first guy to rush to the scene saying, you know – you know, trying to figure out who the murderer is before the body's even cold, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but you know, it, it's just, it's just like I said, this year alone, and they very well could retool in the next future. They, they could very well still make the playoffs this season. But I'm just saying right now, to me, they're a team that leaves more to be desired than I'm used to from New England. And I didn't know how exactly to cope with that, so that's why I kind of smacked them right in the middle at 16. Okay. So I got two observations here, and I'm going to go one that I think you have a little bit too low and one team that you have a little bit too high, which I think belongs in this tier, but you put it in the next tier. Um, So let's talk about the one you did put in this tier, and you have, you know, the Raiders at 17. Shout out Steve Larson. (laughs) And Darius Hayward Bay and Jermarcus Russell. Goodness. (laughs) But... I, I have them at eleven, man. I, I think I think that Chucky has again this tough, gritty yeah. football team. They like to hit. They like to run. Even even if they're not running for a lot of yards, right? Even if they're not averaging yeah. like five yards a carry, like yeah. Josh Jacobs getting the rock. Hundred uh, percent. Trent Brown. Uh, no, Rodney Hudson. And the last game they were on the bye this past week. They beat they beat the Kansas City Chiefs in mm-hmm. Kansas City while yeah. throwing the ball deep down the field of Henry Ruggs. Now, can you kind of throw on them? Yeah, Jonathan Abrams is a uh, is is a nice young safety, but I feel he plays a little bit too reckless and yeah. he, his coverage is like eh. Um, but when he hits you, it's it's freaking scary. Like I don't feel like guys get up from those hits. But yeah, no one's I, no one's rushing to take a hit from him. That's for sure. No doubt, but I just want to know to know. Like you kind of have them in the bottom half of the league. Mm. Yeah. Um. You know when you said that uh, that you can throw on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To me, that's that that was an understatement, right? I feel like I feel like defensively they're they're atrocious. They have the one, two, three, seventh worst uh, pass defense in the entire league. And granted, they do have some young them, some young pieces in that secondary that I like. Trayvon Mullen, um, the second-year corner out of Clemson, he had some nice plays in that Kansas City game. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy you said, Jonathan Abram, who I love, hard hitter from Mississippi State. Um, but, you know, to me, it— Well, well we're not going to throw first-round pick Damon Arnett in there? <laughs> And I'm just joking. I think I think that was like the biggest reach. I didn't think that by I didn't far. Think he been a, I was gonna say I don't think he should have. I think there were four corners you could have taken over him at that. Yeah, pick yeah. That I, I would have been okay with. And I'm sorry for cutting you in, uh, cutting in. But like, what the hell? Come on. Yeah. Come on. That, but go ahead, a, Chad. But see, moves like those are the reason why I can't put Vegas higher because mm-hmm. it 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 just their margin for error is so low, right? Mm-hmm. They can only win. 
to me, when you're talking about, you know, when you're starting to get into that, you know, the fifth and fourth tier, hell, we're just looking for a team that can put up a fight for 30, maybe 40 minutes. When you start getting into that tier three, you're looking at teams that are legitimately looking to win games and, and, and make that playoff push. And for me, Vegas can only win one way, right? They can only win dominating on the ground, um, controlling the clock, playing complementary to their defense. And and to me, I'm still not a believer in the Derek Carr downfield, right? I, I think it was great to see it against Kansas City. However, he's been in the league about five or six years probably. I need to see it more than just on one Sunday, right? I need to mm-hmm. see. I need to. I need to see it a little bit more consistently, and I do feel like they're a team that could continue to to climb the ladder because, exactly like you said, I love. I love John Gruden. I love everything that he's done with that team this year. I really do like Derek Carr a lot. I thought he should have been the MVP that year that he broke his leg, um, and I love Josh Jacobs. He's my he's my running back on my or one of my running backs on my fantasy team. Um, and then, you know, Darren Waller, you mentioned Henry Ruggs, like offensively, they have a lot of really good weapons. Like they have a bunch of weapons now defensively. Like we said, there's still, there's still something left to be desired with, with them on the, on the defensive end. Um, but you know, it's sad to say, but they actually are improved from, from last year. I think they were the worst defense in the league last year, kind of, kind of by a healthy margin. Um, so, so yeah, they're definitely improved, but I just don't think that they're that type of team that can win left-handed, right? And when you start getting into those top three tiers, I need you to be able to win in multiple ways, not just, you know, stick to your script, run the ball, control the clock. Yeah. And uh, look, so talking about that defensive, uh, the backfield, uh, they, uh, they actually offered more money to Byron Jones as the Dolphins did, uh, but he just wasn't buying it. Uh, the, what the Raiders were selling, uh, they're trying on defense, right? Uh, you know, yeah. they brought in Corey Littleton, Kawatowski. Uh, you know, they have you know, you know, Co- Colin Farrell, uh, Cleveland Farrell, yeah, Cleveland. Yeah. I'm sorry, you know how I'm a first names. <laughs> uh, you know, m- Max Crosby's a cleanup guy, and, and, and the I schedule. I don't pace... mind. Mar- I don't mind Maurice Hurst at defensive tackle. By the way. Is, is, is he out? I thought he was out. I thought he went to IR. Think, he might have been just one game. I think so because he's only played four four games so far. So okay, he, he yeah. That was a nice. That was a nice find. You know, they took a chance at a guy. You know, that Fifth had a heart. Yeah, had a condition. Right. They they found out during yep. the the draft process, and he kind of fell all the way there. But the schedule pays play, pays him no favor, right? Look, they're playing Sunday night. At home, but against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who like to throw the ball, um, yeah. they're then they're gonna go to Cleveland, which I know they lost this past week and kind of got humiliated, but it's still gonna be a tough game to go to Cleveland, and then you you get the you know go and travel to the Chargers right after that, and mm-hmm. look, at the end of the day, I don't think the Chargers are any slouches, right? We we didn't yeah. go too I mean, much he, to death, but that that's a tough football team with you, Justin Herbert. You wouldn't. Yeah, you wouldn't completely be shocked if they. I mean, you'd probably be shocked, but you wouldn't be out of your mind if they came out of that three-game stretch zero and three, right? No, not at all. And what sucks? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. why I can't put him. That's why I can't put him any higher than the seventeen that I have him at. To me, I mean, you said you had him at eleven, and this isn't me shitting on you, but to mm-hmm. me, if you're a top ten or a borderline top ten team, I shouldn't be able to just say, "Yeah, I could easily see you losing three games in a row." 
No, it, you know? it, it, and and I respect that. I, I really do. But this is one thing, right? It, they they beat a team that you have in this tier right below them, right? They went to yep. Carolina, beat them week one. Then yes, they, they beat a Saints team, not necessarily the best Saints team we have seen in a few years, but they still beat them on Sunday night. All right, got definitely got blown up against the Patriots. And uh, that one, was the one. That's the one uh-huh. that concerns me. I don't mean to cut you off, but that's the sure. one that concerns me. Is the is the just ass kicking they took against New England? I know it only says sixteen, but I think that was some stuff happened late in that game that kind of yeah, made definitely. it a little more definitely. made it look made it look a little more manageable than it really was. Um, they got dominated all over the yard in that game to me. But, but, but they, by by a New England team that I figured is is mediocre, which to me is exactly why I had to put them at least one spot below New England. See, in my I guess where I differ from you in, in the, my evaluation of the Raiders, it's <laughs> it's the fact that you no know, they can come out zero and three in this next stretch, but I can but see they, them coming out two and one. Yeah. And maybe, you know, they it's at home and they'll sneak out on Sunday night with a win. Just like they kind of snuck out uh, with a win against the the, the mm-hmm. Saints on Monday night, you know, week two. Uh, yeah. it, it's, and, and that's the that's mm-hmm. the that's the part to me that 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 puts them in this tier because if you look mm-hmm. at all all these teams in this tier, right? Uh-huh. Arizona, New England, Vegas, I don't need to name them all. You know, shout out sure. Miami, they're in there as well. Mm-hmm. You 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 could look at all those teams and say, yeah, on their best day, could they beat a lot of good teams? Yes, but on their worst day, could they also look, you know, really bad? Yes, absolutely. No, no, no. no. The Dolphins have haven't looked really bad all year. Oh no no no! I'm sorry. I'm not uh, talking about Miami in in particular. I'm talking about sure. this tier. I'm talking yeah. about the tier as no. a whole, and I'm telling you right now that Miami does that. What they haven't looked bad all year. I, I don't see Miami looking bad in any game, and I'm just <laughs> throwing that out there. Hey, our hey, our, our worst our worst loss was to New England Week One, which Miami was kind of like unsure what was going on. And I, I'm sorry, it was a ten point game. Seattle yeah. eight point game, and then um, the Buffalo Bills was a seven point game. So I, I don't see Miami getting blown out. But go ahead, Chad. I'm sorry. Maybe Kansas no. City. When we play when we play Kansas City in December, I'll be like, you know what? I, I can see us losing by three to, scores. To, to but, me, but, it's, it's just mm-hmm. a matter of you're liable for any – like all the cards are on the table sure. with the teams in this tier anytime they kick off. Like sure. I think I think, I think think a perfect example of that is a team that, that I know we both like that we actually haven't hit on yet, surprisingly, and that's Carolina. Yeah. Right? Carolina, as you said – Carolina, a team that lost to Vegas in week one, which mm-hmm. not saying that that's a bad loss, but, you know, as a team that has playoff aspirations, that's a game you're going to want to win. Sure. Um, you know, lose to Tampa, which obviously very respectable, one of the top teams in the NFC. Mm-hmm. And then just, you know, to me in that in that Chargers game, they, they really, I know they won, but they looked bad. Like, they looked ugly in the, in the Chargers win. Now, then they go and, and have the have the great win against Arizona, have the win against Atlanta, and then this week they fall to Chicago. So it's a team where and it's a tier of teams where there's really a mixed bag of results that you could expect at any given week. Yeah, and I'm not gonna deny that because one thing I I, I so I watched the whole Carolina, um Chicago game this weekend. Uh, because you know one o'clock kickoff, you know. Yep. The, the Steelers game was over pretty quickly. Uh, and then, <laughs> yeah, um, that's an understatement. 
it, it, I want to talk about, you know, the, the Baltimore, uh, I'm sorry, not the Baltimore, the Cleveland Browns in the next episode. But, yeah. man, it, 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 they were getting close, but, dude, they were kicking field goals from the three-yard line. They, there are two drives. They were within, like, the two, two or three-yard line. They just kicked a field goal. Um, yeah. I, I, I get it. The Chicago Bears are a stingy defense. Uh, but look, overall, your analysis of this tier, besides the Miami Dolphins, it can go either <laughs> way. Uh, you you never know. I, you never know. I, I'll be honest with you. You're right. You you can see these teams like really winning a game and actually beating up on their opponent a little bit, and then you can just see them just getting you know their their brains beat out of them like the Raiders did against the Patriots. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because. Uh... You know, my, my, my boy, Mike Lombardi, he's one of my favorite football guys. Sure. He, um, he, he compared, you know, teams in this tier to, uh, have you seen the movie Goodfellas? Yes. It's been a uh, while, Johnny, yes. Johnny two times. Because they do everything, because they could do everything two times, right? They could be, <laughs> or they could look two different ways, right, in any given game. They sure. could be one team in the first half, they could be a completely different team in the second half. Well, you could play a team twice in the year. You could be one team in the beginning of the year when you play a completely different team at the end of the year. Isn't that the definition of the Philadelphia Eagles? Oh, my God. They're just the team that – well, I was going to say the team that, that doesn't go away, but at 1-4-1, one, and one, I think they're trying to show us that they are going away. So – but. Chad, they they have a big game coming up this week, right? They yes, play on yes, Thursday night. Uh, they play against the Giants, and it's it, embarrassing. It, like that's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. If you would have told an Eagles fan in the beginning of the year, "Hey, this Thursday night game against the Giants could make or break your season," it's like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, and, so, and I think that's but, what but, it but comes down to. No, that's yeah. what it comes down. This is a make or break game. You're either going to be one five and one or two four and one. Yeah. At two four and one, you can be the leader of the division. At, at, at one yeah. five and one, man, now you're scrapping. Now, no, now no. You're, I'm now. sorry. Can I can I can I just correct you on something? Oh yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. At at, at two four and one, uh-huh. they will be the they will be the leader of that division. <laughs> yeah. I, I can promise you that. And I, actually, I lied. I lied. We play Washington this week, so yeah. I, Y'all might be know. three and five. Y'all might be three and five. Hey, I don't three and four, three and four. Don't give us an extra loss. Oh yeah, because you guys are two and four. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but no, yeah, I completely agree with you on on Philadelphia. They're the team that that could. And the thing is, part of them, part of them is tier four. That's why I put them right on the edge of tier three because mm-hmm. really, when I look at the name of the tiers, they're really a tier four team. In the sense that they can play a good half of football, but mm-hmm. I'll, really they'll really they'll give you about a good quarter and maybe a little bit extra, um, but then somehow just always find a way to be in the game. But then mm-hmm. they'll just still end up losing or against Cincinnati tying. Gotcha. Look, so. can I can I give you my 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 tier three really briefly? Absolutely. All right. So I got you know for me it's fourteen through twenty one. I got the New England Patriots, uh, the Miami Dolphins. The San Francisco 49ers in the Indianapolis Colts. And we'll, we'll talk uh, about this tomorrow or the next yeah. pod. I got yeah. Carolina at 18. Uh, I got Arizona at 19. I got Detroit at 20. And then, yeah, I got the Philadelphia Eagles at 21, really at the bottom of that tier. You know, right. I, I'm not sure if you're really tier three, but I'm not 
willing to put you down to tier four because you keep coming up in these in these second halves and making games that I thought out of games that I thought were over. So I, I get well, where you're coming from. Well, my my thing is is I, I can't put you in tier four if I expect you to make the playoffs. Like and, that's and, that's what it that's what it boils down to right? for me. Because it's like, how can I put you in tier four if I think you're gonna win the division? I, yeah, I, I, like like I'm I, right I, I would you. I would feel embarrassed to call you. Because, I mean, I, it's not out of the question that you're looking at Philly as, you know, twenty in the 22 to 24 range as far as, you know, best team. Yeah. Um, and, it would, and it would be hard to have you being in the bottom quarter of the league and still being a playoff team. Yeah. So, you know, for me, I was just like, you know what, let me bump them up a couple spots because, damn it, they're, they're going to end up winning that NFC East. Or you, maybe, not, maybe not even winning it, but they're just going to be the team that doesn't lose it. And, and you know what's funny? Like... This game against the Giants on Thursday literally can kind of set you up to win your division or set you up to be like a top five pick. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, the, the scary thing is, the scary thing is if they lose this game to the Giants, mm-hmm. then then the Giants are going to be ahead of them. Like the, the Giants, Giants will then just that. have a... they're they're trying to get that pick i i think they gotta take a real hard look at 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 daniel jones and all his you know giving up the football i mean even though they won that he still had he still was good he was only good for one turnover this past sunday so wow wait wait. he was good let's check to see if he put the ball on the ground what and that's the thing with him is it's just (laughs) It's just careless, and, and you, me, and you have talked about it plenty of times. Mm-hmm. Just the carelessness with the football is is just it, it's hard to overcome at the quarterback position. Yeah, especially with a team that is not talented. <laughs> yeah, so, well, especially it, on offense. It, it, especially it, on offense. Yeah, man. Um, I, I don't know, and I'm not gonna go digress to too. I, I never really was, to be honest with you. Uh, I thought they 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 that the Giants kind of rushed that pick. Agreed. Instead of you know, so. Well, I, hell, I thought I, they should have taken Dwayne Haskins. So what do I know? Yeah, I was not sold on Dwayne Haskins either. I I, I was more sold on Drew Locke, and I think you were also sold on Drew Locke. I liked any, him, any of those guys. Okay. I liked I liked him, but I I kind of I'll say this. I thought he was a lot closer to Daniel Jones and Haskins than what people mm-hmm. were making it seem, but I still thought Haskins was the best of that group. Hey, don't worry. I I'm a great qual- uh, quarterback evaluator. I thought Jared Stidham was the real shit, so. <laughs> hey man, I'm I'm going to ride the uh I'm gonna ride the Justin Herbert evaluation as far as it'll take me. As far as it'll take me. Keep going, man. Hey, you ride it until like Tua comes out and leads Miami to the playoffs. Well, shit. Yeah, that that's the that's this part. That's the part that's gonna scare me. Is if is if Tua just gets on fire and just starts rolling, <laughs> right? So that would be the that would be the only thing that would that would kind of throw throw some cold water on how I'm feeling. And Chad, I, I kind of feel like you know I know you want to close out the show, um, but I gotta ask you a question. Like, what you know from a a very outside perspective, what are your expectations for Tua this year? Like, based on what you know, what we talked about, maybe a little bit of what you've seen. What are you expecting, yeah. Tua? Man, I, I tell you, to me, 
you know, obviously I watched him a whole bunch in college. You know, I'm mm-hmm. an LSU fan. He was playing for Alabama. And his his accuracy at the college level was almost unlike anything I had ever seen, right, from, from any college quarterback. I mean, he was – I mean, he had the storybook, you know, welcome to college football, right, with that title game against Georgia. Yep. And um, I just feel like he's not going to be a guy that is – that is scared of the moment or, you know, that is, that's feeling the pressure. Um, I think he's a guy who, you know, you're going to have to, you're going to have to design the, just, just like any other quarterback in the NFL today, you're going to have to design the offense in a very specific way for him because he is not, you know, I'll say this. If, if he's going to be a guy who you're going to look to try and throw the ball downfield, that's not his game. Right, mm-hmm. you need to you need to win the game horizontally instead of vertically at this stage of his career. Now, okay. I'm not saying that he's going to be a guy who is going to be, you know, like that forever. But I'm just saying right now his accuracy in short to intermediate routes is, is way far superior to what he is down the field as a passer, which I think we could probably both agree on. Um, yeah, but outside outside of that, I mean, I I I think they're going to get him in a lot of a lot of RPO type stuff, some stuff where yep. he's able to roll out. The only thing is, I, I don't know how. I'll be interested to see in the first couple of games how much they ease him in, especially considering he came back from that hip, um, mm-hmm. and he's such a big. You know, I mean, he's a number five pick in the draft. That's a huge investment. You know, yeah, for and, guy. and and I think that's the problem with the Dolphins, right? We don't have guys that 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 create a lot of separation. Um, yeah. We have a lot of T Higgins in our team, right? You kind of throw yeah. it up. And, and, Preston you know, so, Williams, yeah. So Devonte Parker last year, people were, his knock was like, "Oh, he doesn't create any separation." Yeah, but once you, but he's also one of the best players at fifty-fifty balls or contested yeah. catches. And, and I think that's going to be the one of the biggest adjustments that that we're going to see from Tua is like, "Hey, man, can you make that throw?" Because you know, it, 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 there's no Jalen Waddle uh, in, in our team. There's no Judy. There's no Rugs. It's 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 big, tall, physical guys that kind of throw it up. That's why kind of Fitz kind of got along with those guys. He was just like throw it up, and, and these guys <laughs> would turn around and, and grab it. So I'm, I'm interested in that. But you you made a great point about the RPO. It seems like Miami wanted to run more and more RPO concepts, and and, and that's not just that's not Fitz game, right? So right. I, and yeah, I'm I'm very interested in how 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 much of the RPO um can Miami run and how effective can it be run. So I, I appreciate it, man. No, yeah, no doubt. I think uh, I'm with you in the sense that I don't feel like, you know, the season is over for Miami or, or they're waving the white flag with this move. But one thing I, I did want to hit on with you before we get out of here, because we did mm-hmm. preview this this game the other day. Uh, Alabama and Georgia. Sure. What were, you, what were oh, your yes. big takeaways? What were your big takeaways? What's what's the quarterback's name for Georgia? Uh Stetson Bennett. St- Stetson Bennett. I think the moment was just too big for him, man. Um, yeah. He he looked a little bit shell shocked. Um, they they weren't necessarily. I, I he hung in there, but he was missing you no know, thro- throws down the field. Um, it, and I will say from the Alabama perspective, man, that that's the one heck of an offense, like. They can actually oh hang points on you, man, and, and yeah. that's like, and, and that's one thing that I guess Dolph and I, I hate to bring it back to the Dolphins game, but like Miami is like desperate for a guy like Jalen Waddle, and they even yes. have this new kid named Minchie, Minchie, Minchie the yeah, third. I, 
Yeah, what Michi. the hell? <laughs> like yeah, I know. He is it's yeah. No, it Najee like Harris, getting... Leatherwood. Yeah. It's like they're it's 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 just a bunch of different guys, right? But it, it's it's the same. Yeah, and you know another. I mean, a guy who, you know, we didn't even mention Devonte Smith. Shit, he's the leading receiver mm-hmm. on the team. You know, eleven catches, yeah. one hundred sixty-seven yards, and two yeah. touchdowns for him. I, I've mm-hmm. I've really been impressed with. Uh, uh, Matt with Matt Jones, Mac Jones. I'm sorry, Mac Jones. Mac the court the quarterback. Yeah, no K though. Mac no K. Um, no K. The quarterback for Alabama. Uh, he was sensational. Seventy five percent completion, over four hundred yards, four touchdowns. I, I'll be. You know, what I'm what I'm about to say is not. I'm not. I, I'm going to preface it very quickly by saying. I'm not saying he's going to move up to be the number one pick in the draft. I'm not Whoa. saying he's even. I'm not saying he's even going to be a guy who people are fighting for in the top ten. But uh-huh. I just wonder, you know, can he be the type of guy that you know has that that rise? We've seen it from quarterbacks, you know, in the past couple of years in a way that has never happened before in the history of football, where guys are going from, you know, I, I mean, Joe Burrow was a guy who was considered, you know, a day three draft pick at best. Right. Kyler Murray, a guy who wasn't even on NFL boards. Um, Baker Mayfield, you know, I guess technically had the most NFL prospect of those three because he was considered a a third or fourth round pick. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, so a guy like Mac Jones, who's just throwing the ball with extreme confidence, completing 78 percent of his passes on the season, um, 12 touchdowns, to only two interceptions. And the thing I love about him, you know me, when it comes to quarterbacks, I always look for one statistic um, that lets me know how they're playing, and that's yards per attempt, right? And yeah. he he is averaging 13.2 yards per attempt, which is phenomenal. Just to put that in context, Tua, um, for his, or in his you know peak at Alabama, was averaging about 12 yards an attempt. So, you know. Like I said, by no means am I saying Mac Jones is going to go be the number one pick or even go be a first-round pick, but he's a guy who who, who I'm kind of keeping my eye on as a guy who's a late riser. He's a junior, um, and and seeing you know maybe he could be a guy a guy who kind of propels himself and really puts himself on the draft radar. Yeah, look, I I've definitely heard Max Mac Jones's uh, name connected to the draft, but you know as a day three you know pick. Um, borderline undrafted, yeah. somebody you kind of take a shot on, but you're not necessarily sold on. Um, I, I think that's very interesting. You, you're right, that rise. But w- one thing I'll, about, I'll, I'll tell you about those guys that had that rise, right? They had a few of those magical games. 100%. And he needs that magical game. Unfortunately for him, Alabama is so good, it's hard to provide <laughs> him with a magical game. Yeah. I was going to say, it's sad that we're looking for magical games when he had 400 yards and four touchdowns against the number three ranked team in the country. But that's just, you know, like you said, that just goes to show you because they went and just kicked Georgia's ass. Yeah. And, and if you look at the rest of their schedule, look, Tennessee, <laughs> after that Kentucky <laughs> loss, man, I'm, I'm yeah. already, I'm already on. Mississippi State, uh, week one, right? We got to, we got to hey. be careful with week one. Week um, one, yep. Uh, LSU, uh, Jesus, man, that one's gonna be a, that's gonna be a funeral. 
<laughs> you know, and then Kentucky, Auburn, and Arkansas. Uh, I, I don't see anybody until the which only. I think, yeah, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. No, I I, no, no, I, you... I say when they go to the national championship, right? Yeah, so the, the final s- four. I was gonna say maybe if they get a rematch against a Georgia or a Florida in the SEC, and then you know that's a tough game, or like you said, college football playoff time. That would be the only time where I think Jones could uh could really have that magical moment that you're talking about. Yeah, you know, if he goes in there and beats an Ohio State, you know, or Ohio State yeah. and Clemson. And, yeah. and then I'll be like, all right, because, you know, a, a lot of the, the, the rise of, you know, like a Baker Mayfield, right? He had that huge Ohio State game where he planted yeah. the flag. And then uh, Joe Burrow, man, how many magical games did he have last year? Uh, he had the uh, the Texas game, which was kind of yeah. the one that we kind of started opening Sound our up. eyes. Yeah, yeah, and then in the, the, the Alabama game, man, like. What a game that game was, right? Yeah. So, and then it, both, of, and then both of the games in the college football playoff. Yeah, yeah, right. This guy came out as a hero. He beat up, and I, I hate to say him, right, because that team was so stacked. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you I, know, I'll but, be, just on a side note, I'll be fascinated yeah. in five years how we're how we look at that team, oh, like man. in the grand scheme of college football. Dude, that team is just they're up killer. There. They're up there. Man, you know, Jamar Chase, Jefferson, Clyde Zellerly Alaire, uh, the left tackle, Charles Thomas, uh Charles something Charles, Sadiq Charles. Sadiq he, he, Charles, yeah. He, I think he's starting for, for, for Washington. At least he was in the conversation. Um Jones, the the guard, he's a he's one of the top guards in the NFL right now for the Seattle Seahawks. Um, no, Patrick Queen, uh, man, it, it's just so, so many guys, right? It would have been cool Derek if Greedy Stingley, Williams was there. Be a top 10, Derek Stingley, who's going to be a top 10 pick very soon. Right. And then, um, Terrace his buddy. Marshall. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, man, it's, 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 but, uh, yeah, you're right. But yeah, that was just a little side note that I wanted to, to throw in at the end, but, uh, I like it. That, that's gonna that's gonna go ahead and wrap it up pretty much for today uh jonathan anything else you wanted to plug before we get out of here hey no just just stay locked in uh you guys definitely want to see the rest of our rankings it, it's really good i uh, hope you enjoy the show uh man sanders our thoughts i know i know some people could be a little little upset about these rankings i like yeah. it <laughs> yeah exactly we want to get the guy we want to get the listeners talking right um, yeah and ways to do that is to go ahead and hit us up. Uh, we leave the email and our Twitter uh, in the description for this podcast. Um, and we would appreciate follow, you know, like, rate, subscribe, review. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, what you want to hear us talk about. You know, we say it on every episode. We're, we're, we're listening to the audience. So whatever you guys want is what we'll talk about. Yep. Um, but with that being said, we're going to wrap, wrap up for this episode. Uh, and we will see you guys later this week. Enjoy.